it's you in a podcast. This is episode 64, Beer Rap and Banner at Beer Rap Bants. Cal. Yep, yep, yep. It is most definitely Beer Rap and Banner. It's the N64 episode. N64, Goldeneye. Yeah, man. For those. <laughs> For all those that remember, I'm myself, Ben English, with Cal at Beer Rap Bants, Beer Rap and Banner at Gmail. Dot com. Don't forget to subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend. Thank you for listening for the last few episodes. We've got... Yo. Ash. What's good? There's no introduction needed. No, but this is the first time us three have been on a pod together. Yeah. Really? Which is the three amigos. I feel like we need to cheers. I think we do. Cheers. We need to cheers. Raise so a glass to that. I do. Let you cheers. Yeah, Thank we'll you. Just explain that. what we're cheersing, Ash, because this is, this is looking fluorescent. Okay. <laughs> fluorescent. Um, <laughs> so this is my rum punch. So when I was on... Um, back in December, you weren't on Ben, and I promised that when we did first all three come on, I'd bring some rum punch down, and I'm a man of my word. I appreciate it. That's very nice. Thank you very Not much. Not too sweet as well, which is important. Yes, yes. How I won't even try to how you the second work out batch? the ingredients. Um, I, I'm actually finding it's a little bit stronger than the first batch, I think. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like, I think you've refined your formula. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. He's got a big batch like George's Marvis Medicine in the kitchen, just <laughs> whipping up a batch. Whipping. Whipping. Um, yeah, the, it could be, I don't know. I think some the juices aren't as sweet as they were a few months ago. I think they keep taking sugar out of it, so maybe that's the reason why. Okay. What is, before we introduce our special guest, what is sort of one wise word of wisdom for people that want to make a a rum punch? What, what one thing would you say, sort of like? Nutmeg. Wow, okay. Which no one would ever have thought of, but just a little bit of nutmeg. Okay, okay. I think Saka knows a little bit about that. <laughs> hey! Chili, chili, chili. Shout we'll, out Bukayo. We'll save it for the uh, Play On podcast. Don't forget the football podcast, um, alternative weekends. I'm seeing quite a lot of you guys, man. I'm seeing you guys more than my wife and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you big, my, di- my new family. I love the guys. It's love. The BRB family is the best. Brat, so brat, Cal, working the buttons. Um, yeah. Would you like to introduce today's guest, seeing as she's very close her, to you? I'm allowed to introduce herself. You, this, is, this is my cousin. Um, Hello. But uh, over to you. I'll introduce myself, Alison. Uh, Alison, <laughs> I have to hold the microphone up here. Yes. I shall. Yes. Alison Morgan, okay. Ashley's cousin. Yes, and? Ish. Ish. And I'm here today to do this podcast, <laughs> and you want me to say more? Alison Morgan, I'm a solicitor advocate, meaning I'm a solicitor who practices as a barrister sometimes, and I think that's primarily why you've got me here to talk about legal stuff yes, slash please. general stuff. So that's who I am. Cheers. We'll say cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers. So we can cheers. So I had to get warmed up then. I was like, we'll introduce myself. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? How long have you yeah. been practicing? Hold on. Before we get into yeah. that, can oh, okay. I just ask you guys to clarify this cousin-ish situation. <laughs> <laughs> is that like when you oh, was right. kids, it's like everyone is my cousin. That's my cousin. No, He's no, my no, cousin. No, no. She's my cousin. He's my cousin. In fact, the other day I said to someone, stop begging cousin <laughs> from me, please, because I'm not your cousin. Um, <laughs> no, so Ashley's mother was um, an older girl to me when I was growing up. And I used to absolutely worship at her altar. I think she was so cool. And she used to wear those box pleat skirts and those black shiny shoes with the gold bar around the bottom of the heel. And I used to think she was so cool. And then your grandparents were friends with my parents, particularly my stepfather, Mm. um, your granddad, Ben, Uncle Ben, and then Auntie Ivy. Legends. Yeah. Everyone called Ben is usually a very well-rounded true individual. Legends. Yeah. True, true yeah. legends. They are, they are. Yeah, no, true Labbot Grove legends. Yeah, because you're and from, you're from Labbot Grove as well. Yeah. as well. So yeah. up the road from 
Ashley. And then as we got older, because I used to always see um, Ashley's grandmother actually used to look after me as a baby in the, when she's working in the nursery I worked in. And it's really weird, although I'm approaching 50, my earliest childhood memory is before I was two because Ashley's grandmother was feeding me apple crumble. <laughs> and as you can tell, by the way, I've arrived here today. I'm quite greedy. So... There's a mix of healthy snacks and, <laughs> and chocolates. So you, you did no, you brought more you brought more fruit, fruit than we've ever had. Yeah, but the fruit's not opened. <laughs> <laughs> this this <laughs> rum punch is part of the five a day, I'm guessing, as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I just put a bit of um segment, so it's fruit in there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah oh, so you added a little yeah, extra. There's okay. some extra fruit in well, there. Well, thank you for coming down. We really yeah, appreciate you coming yeah. on this day. Um how's everyone's day week going, first of all? Ash, week going okay? Yeah, it's been it's been alright. Some of the storms have been a bit crazy. So Not been too bad. Half term means a lot of activities with the young people that I work with. Um, so I've done an escape room. I went to a couple of corporate companies. Went to Big Big Mamas in Oxford Circus, which What's is that? an Italian restaurant ah. that actually supports the charity that I work for as well. Okay. So every single time someone goes there, if they decide to donate ten percent of their bill, it comes directly to our, car- to nice. our charity. So, so yeah. please, if you're listening. Go to Big Bummer's restaurant. Yes, and donate to Think Forward UK. 100%. Amazing. But yeah, it's been really good. Um, I'm tired because dealing with young people is always tired, especially mm. in the half term. But yeah, it's been good. Good, man. Yeah, no, so everyone's been busy. Yeah, no, chilled. I, s- I want to tell you again about my de- <laughs> my dentist work, but it's long. the drillers, the real drillers. Um, did everyone, we'll kickstart it with, uh, did everyone see uh, the Brits? Should we kickstart with Dave? Do you want to kickstart with the music? Why not? How, how was your week, first? It was a dead week, really. That's, that's what I didn't ask him. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I purposely didn't ask him. He's not I'm being an inconsiderate friend. <laughs> Nothing of note to mention, man. Ask him about his FIFA team, though. I'm sure he's not joking. Uh, things have been better with my FIFA team, actually. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a video game, man. But, you know, mm. normal week. It's, it's more than a video game. It can be life or death I, sometimes. Hon- I, honestly, I'm so much into this video game, this FIFA. Uh, it's like a football game, right. but you're kind of uh, the ultimate team kind of experience. You're kind of like managing the squad. You're buying players. I started uh, getting onto the uh, the market where you're kind of like investing in players, making bids, stuff like that. Right. And I've, I've kind of come up with a new job title for me doing that stuff now. I'm a virtual sporting director. <laughs> a virtual director of football VSD. my FIFA club there you go getting it in VSD there this means go. nothing to me I don't think I played a computer game in years have I ever played one wow does on your phone count yeah. oh you yeah do yeah. you're not doing Candy Crush or no I've Tetris got this old <laughs> what's it called Temple Something. Run was a big one people were playing on phones block puzzle that's as far yeah. as I stretch mm. so I don't have time no it's, it's a good a bit of escapism were you a gamer uh, not really. Now and again. Now and again. I play chess. I like playing chess. I love phone. chess. Mm. Oh. I play chess. Oh, good. Big good. time. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Love chess. So, yeah. Well, someone who has been playing, but with the keyboard or the piano, Jeez. Dave Black, uh, his song Black, I think, absolutely stole the show at the Brits. Mm. Um, Fultz, Cal, did you see it? I did, yeah. And um, to be honest with you, I just think this is typical Dave. You know, Dave is uh, a young man who is very intelligent. He's super talented, you know, not only does he play the piano, but he writes really thought-provoking lyrics. And, and he's a good rapper, he's a good performer, his flow is so tight. And he, he, wrapped, he wrapped everything that is Dave into a nice little bow and just put it on display for everybody 
when he performed mm. that song live. And, you know, he's literally sitting at a grand piano playing the keys and rapping. Like, I haven't seen that before. I know Alicia Keys is, is someone who's quite famous that was known for playing the piano and singing. But for someone to play the piano and rap, I think that's something new in music. Yeah. And to rap to the level that he's doing it at. Mm. And with the thought-provoking, uh, very sort of conscious, the song Black, as, as Ben mentioned, mm. is, is a song about black consciousness and the black experience in the UK. Mm. Um, and he knocks it out of the park and then he followed it up with a little rant where he kind of went at Boris Johnson and he talked about the sort of current political climate. Yeah. It's just, wow. I've got to salute Dave every time because yeah. what he did was something special that yeah. will be remembered for that a very That point is time. the one I'm getting on to. I think it's dope. That the song's bad anyway. Mm. Like it's a wicked song. And then you bring in that extra verse just for today. Just for the Brits, yeah. yeah. Sick. And I think, just like you said, he's so talented. He's, he mixes kind of that classical vibe with just kind of like the road, the street life, the, the the reality of what he's kind of been through. The album is outstanding. He rightly won album of the year because it is an outstanding album. Um, and I just think, I know we had Stormzy's kind of Grenfell protest a couple of years ago, but this is almost like a level up because it's not just like one in is issue. It's kind of the wider kind of British political landscape. And he just articulated in such a, like pertinent and relevant way, it was it was outstanding. Like a salute to Dave, hundred percent. Alice, was you aware of him before the? Did you did you see? It? Um, you I said you saw it. Did you see the? I saw his rant. Well, yeah. I wouldn't call it a rant. I saw his powerful commentary. Um, but I first became aware of him at the Mercury Music Prize. So that's when I actually watched him. I thought, who is this guy? He's yeah. great. I didn't watch the Brits. I was I've had a very busy week. I've been in and out of court. So. Um, but I heard about it and then I watched what he had to say and I agree wholeheartedly with him and I'm good for him. Yeah, it was moving. I like him, I like him a lot. Yeah, his album's really good. I'm going to take notice of him. Yeah, sure. yeah, I think that's... Because I think I'm young, so <laughs> <laughs> I should take Forever young, young, forever people. young. Raised his profile and then... Because he did, he's done a Made of Veil session at the BBC where he's playing the piano and he's he's performing. So I've seen him do that before and he's got that in his locker, but like you lot said there's there's not been an artist before that I can think of especially in the UK that's that's could rap and play yeah. a yeah. piano I mean you could you used to have plan B that played the guitar but mm. the piano is a for me the best instrument you know that and the yeah. drums obviously but it's real talent yeah 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 and the, and the verse was just amazing and it just raised his profile but put everything back into mm. perspective again because I think in this day and age of modern media and people are quick to forget mm. Well, not everyone's quick to forget, but just the general public and the media quick to forget so many things going on. So we really like what Dave uh, was going on. It's got everyone streaming his album. His album streams went up yeah. Yeah. massively. And I just think... What Actually, I might do that now yeah. while we're on the... <laughs> yeah, no, we're live. We're fingers on the yeah. pulse. Yeah. Yeah. Psychodrama. What I like as well is... it just Oh, we're on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> it just gives you that vibe of just saying as an extra bow, so black boy, politically conscious. It just real like, it's a really positive affirmation of that so he's brought in real relevant parts of what's going on today in such an articulate manner whereas sometimes you know you go around oh i don't like this person or f this f that no he done it in such a way that was just mm. so he's he's like, wise beyond his years yeah. don't you yeah. think he's, yeah. he's only 21 i think and yeah. maybe you to know, be fair i think when i said it was a rant that was definitely the wrong word to mm. use uh mm. because like you say it was very concise yeah and i, I saw a uh, interview that he did afterwards where he said you know he'd planned it and he'd yeah. rehearsed it for months and it's just like a weight off of his mind so yeah. it was yeah. it was a very uh a very uh well thought out well planned yeah. uh verse that he'd written there and the execution was just it he, was amazing it was spectacular for me he's a young man with an old soul 
like you can definitely see that. Yeah. Like some people, no matter how kind of like young their 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 birth certificate says, yeah, they still have a spirit that is yeah. far beyond their age. Yeah, and he's someone who sure. I think completely embodies that. For and sure. did you see him with Stormzy at the end when they were celebrating with oh, the awards and Louis Capaldi? So so Dave, Dave's <laughs> giving his talk, <laughs> Dave's giving his that. interview, and all you're hearing in the background is David, David. <laughs> Who's that, Lewis? No, it was Stormzy, oh, Stormzy. drunk. Yeah. Coming over, and I don't think Dave drinks because it, it did look a bit awkward with him. Stormzy, Lewis, Capaldi were there drinking with their um, trophies, and then Dave's still standing there. But at the end, all three of them are together, and it's like, look at us, look at us. No, nah, you know what was funny about that when they said um, <laughs> Stormzy looked like Frozone from The Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that um, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson yeah, the one. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of because he has some like light grey silver thing and I was like and, he, and then he kind of comes in I was like rad uh. the way you just come in silver surfer oh. there was a lot of memes popping around the best one was like uh, on Twitter it was like um, uh, Siri no not Siri what's the Amazon thing um, Alexa. Um, Alexa play play Bashy's Black Boys and then it posted three pictures of Dave Stormzy and then someone else from the Brits so is this scene that song's what 10 yeah. 10 or so plus 12, years 12 yeah 12 years. so it's good seeing um, the evolution and just a bit more um, support and yeah my, my boy directed that video actually Jamie, Jamie that was a big Brown. record back yeah, in the day yeah I remember he done that it's huge yeah and then people yeah so it was good so we really enjoyed that um, I don't know if anyone else wants to say about Dave or the Brits in pop culture are we, are we not going to talk about Mile? You can talk about my agenda if you want. He's itching to get that out. No, 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 no. You, we'll you, you mentioned it first. Yeah, but I mentioned it off air, but you're like... <laughs> nah, she looked stunning. Did you see that meme? It was like my toxic ex <laughs> and her and in her new bay and, in her, and people saying, imagine living rent-free. Imagine Stormzy still living rent-free in her head. Yeah, it's nuts. But yeah. then you showed me that other picture of um, Georgia Smith. Hang on, has she got a new boyfriend now? I don't know. Oh, I thought you said that she was Oh, she probably had. Oh, she oh. might have. I don't know. Oh, I see. She, good luck to her if she does. Okay. Well, um, the way she was looking, she'll probably have a new boyfriend soon if she doesn't have one already. <laughs> yeah. But um, must be hard, though, if you've like you've been in a, uh, a high-profile relationship, yeah. you've split up, and then your ex-boyfriend is gone on to bigger and better things because he's a bigger profile than you. Yeah. So. But so yeah. is she, though, to be fair. She's not that big, though, really, is she? like? She's, she's riding right. on the back of being his ex-girlfriend. Is that That's bitchy? harsh. Is that bitchy? No, no, say no, no, no. Can I just do a disclaimer that I'm an old lady? I'm nearly 50, so I might be. No, you're not old. You're you're <laughs> hey, our listeners heart. love someone spilling the tea, so I don't feel no way. And well, we're always genuine. Well, that's how it seems to me. I don't, I don't <coughs> particularly keep up with a lot of what you guys keep up yeah. with. Mm. I think I do, but not as deep, <laughs> not as knowledgeable. So just as somebody sort of on the edge of it, with a rudimentary knowledge of current pop culture so to speak for want of a better word yeah pop that's what it seems to me she's riding on the back of being his ex-girlfriend and that's why she's popular so, so what kind Is of things are you more into then if it's not uh things like this um interesting to get the opinion of someone from your generation you know so uh, i think i think i know about young people i don't i don't know half these people that you're talking about i know stormzy i know dave but i couldn't name Anyone else? I saw, he said, the girl that, for instance, you just showed me in that outfit. Don't know who she is. Georgia Smith. Yeah. Doing up WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> looking, like a, looking like a heat map on a 90-minute <laughs> Champions League game. Kante. Kante's heat that's map. A, that's Kante's heat she's map, a singer. She's a, she's yeah. a talented singer <laughs> from, from the Midlands who's, right. who's pretty, pretty... You'd like her stuff. Oh okay. She looks a bit like Sade. 
but oh, see, I love oh, shirts. But hasn't got, but hasn't got yeah, the. Uh, that's maybe a lazy comparison because they're like maybe quite similar looking. But see, I know voice. what Shade's up to. What's she up to? Mm-hmm. It, it, she's doing a, a tour, apparently in America, and I want to timeless get involved. No, that's Nana Cherry. So you know oh, Nana Cherry. So Nana Cherry's daughter, Mabel, won like best female cleaned up. See, I saw a clip of that, and it was Nana Cherry's daughter has won an award. Yeah. I, was like, I didn't know Nana Cherry's daughter was a singer. So, well, arguably, arguably she's Cherry a singer. Is. I mean, I it's saw a DJ in a few years. Nana Cherry's like I timeless, done. but her daughter. I mean, obviously, if, if you was if Nana Cherry was my mum, you, you're going clear. Obviously, like yeah. they, they've they've, all, they've obviously yeah, sorted it out, so she does well. So nepotism is real. Yeah. Um. So sorry, you're going back to your interest. In, no, I'm just because well, I know Ash has got some questions in a bit for the discussion. But what have you been listening to recently? What have I been listening to? Do you know what? This, oh, you're going to kick me out. No, so we're not. I'm more or less going through the whole catalogue of Nina Simone. Sorry. Oh, why, why are you apologising for Because you might think, oh, she's so <coughs> old and boring. No, Strange Fruit. We were Simone. talking about Strange Fruit earlier. That's good oh, music Strange as well. Strange Fruit. Brilliant yeah. song. Brilliant, brilliant song. Like people often That's say they don't make music slavery, like yeah. how they used to. Don't no, they? they don't. I don't think so. I mean, I do like a lot of modern stuff. I really do. But I don't know. You'd have to go through my... What I do, I Shazam everything. Okay. okay. So I've got modern stuff, and then I've got, but at the moment I've. That's the beauty of Spotify yeah, and all the music streaming yeah. systems that we've all got, and everyone has. So you can have sort of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just there. Yeah. But I, I know. But I love you. I love my rap, my hip hop. Yeah. 90s. You know. Mm. You quoted Biggie earlier offline, yeah. off, uh, off air. Yeah, I did. That's um, good. So We're going to have to get your top three selected. There was yeah, a Mount, we'll, 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 we'll drop it in now, and then people can come back to it. But there was a Twitter thing about Mount Rushmore. Of hip hop, what four hip hop rap rappers would you have on your hip hop Mount oh. Rushmore? You don't have to answer that now. Yeah, and people listening obviously don't have to answer yeah. now. But you, you you could have your. I, I started to formulate my people for okay. sort of um, influence, but that's that's a little hip hop thing that, we can talk yeah, about. I think rap, about that. No, 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 no. Hip hop, like Mafia's like, Master P could go on the, the Mount Rushmore because as much as he's not the best rapper. No, yeah, no influence. Yeah, don't yeah, put Master P. Yeah. Okay, Master yeah. P's one of my favorite. But no limit. But going back to music, no for you, limit. I yeah. know that like Lovers Rock and um, Rare Groove is, is your I'm lady I'm the Rare as well. Groove girl. Not so much a Lovers Rock Serious? girl because I didn't like them men crabbing me up by the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was more definitely the Rare Groove. Okay. Definitely. But as I've got older, interestingly, as I've got older, I've got a new appreciation for old reggae, which okay. I didn't appreciate before. I didn't like reggae. My dad loved reggae. My mum loved soul. So I was more on the soul vibe, hence the Rare Groove. Mm-hmm. But... I'm going to Barrington Levi and Sanchez tomorrow. Sanchez, Luciano. I don't know if he's going to be there, but I've got free tickets backstage. Yeah, connections. Connected. I was going (laughs) to say, like, you're always connected. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go to that tomorrow. As before, I just would have turned down those tickets. So, I've definitely got a new appreciation. To see it live as well. That's good. Yeah, for sure. But the person who I worship at the altar of is Stevie Wonder. The greatest. Mm. The greatest, the one and only. I had a Stevie Wonder impersonate at my birthday two years ago. How did and he uh, find the place? <laughs> ah, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> no, impersonate. But he was so good that when I saw it, so that, bad. Yeah, it's but good. I love a cheesy joke. Um, well, he was. So you're in, in the right place. <laughs> you're in the right place. You're in the right place. I love it. I love um, it. <clears throat> what's your favourite? Because I had Stevie Wonder playing at my uh, wedding for one of the songs when yeah. my wife came out, yeah. my Sharia Moore, which is oh lovely. Because I remember the Wayne Marsh. This is going a bit. The Wayne Marshall version. Not didn't he sing? Uh, yeah, he sang that one, but he didn't have yeah. that at the wedding. <laughs> what was it? What the, was um, 
G spot, G spot, baby. Yeah, the G spot. So for the strength of that record, and he went to the same school as my uncle, a bit younger in Hackney, I think. But then he sang that, and then I found out who sang the original, and I got put on that way. Yeah. Long story. Anyway, I love Stevie Wonder. Ledge. My go-to Stevie is definitely Stevie. All songs in the key of life is it? Is that songs the in the key of life is the album. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. I need to listen to that. Oh, it's but one of the so greatest albums, arguably the greatest like, album. You know, you, you know, someone who you hear lots of songs of and you yeah. know their songs. Yeah, but I've never sat down and listened to like a full album. I'm going this. through him as well because I was a little bit like, oh yeah, I love Stevie, and then could only really name tracks off songs of the key of life. Okay. So I'm going through his. And he's, he wrote well. the um, birthday song for Martin Luther King, the um, the other Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Classic. Yeah. His story, his Happy life story. Yeah. To yeah. yeah. There you go, a bit of history. Yeah. Um, nice yeah, I know I actually got some questions lined up, but we're just having a nice discussion. Yeah, it's all very f- free flowing. Yeah, um, nice. It was for you guys to ask as well. No, no, we're here, we're here. Well. Um, I'll just sort of, you know, in the middle of the park, controlling the conversation. It's calm. Yeah, um, talking K- about K- pop K- culture. K- <laughs> you're talking about um, pop culture, and I know, I don't know if you watch Love Island or Cal, you do. I don't Actually, know. Actually, the, I do. The sad this is my news. second series okay. of watching it. I watched it last year, I thought it was hilarious. Refused to watch it before because I thought it was beneath me. Yeah. But apparently, it's, it's really not, good for I sort of <laughs> social commentary and, and, yeah. and people. But um, thoughts on the young woman who, who passed away? Uh, who killed herself, unfortunately, and all this backlash with the media. I don't know if it's sort of... Uh, what's everyone's thoughts on that? <sighs> this is why it's important to talk mm. to people. I mean, we're a big advocate yeah. for mental health and, mm. and, and the men... I mean, you know, it's primarily men. Look, class, but we have women, but everyone talking and supporting each other is important. Sorry, go I, I've got a lot to say about this, rightly or wrongly, this whole focus on mental health, focus on being kind to each other and focus on this backlash with the media. So in terms of the Caroline flack issue i almost just said caroline slack because i was one of the people that used to call her caroline slack as a joke got nothing against a woman don't know the woman personally she's just doing her thing okay but she's killed herself and uh now there's this backlash and everyone's running around saying be kind to each other but they're not being kind to each other this country is incapable of people being kind to each other anymore because everyone seems to be angry and has a chip on their shoulder about everything. You can't talk to me like that. You can't say this to me. How dare you this? You can't, people talk about how rude children are, but if you tell some someone's child off, they're upset with you. Mm. They're not looking at their child's behavior. Um, I have personal experience of that. So the Caroline Flack killing herself is sad on a personal level and for her family and for her. Mm. I mean, imagine being so distraught and in despair that you kill yourself and if we're going to be open and honest and talk about mental health I've been suicidal for genuinely suicidal planned it all um, about 10 years ago and um, so planned it all and was going to kill myself there was no doubt in my mind and that was a period that shocked me when I look back on it because I was never like that before and haven't been like that since but what stopped me from killing myself and I think it's important for somebody like me to talk about being suicidal because I am supposedly infamously famous for being a very strong person. So when I do talk to people about, and, and two people now I've spoken to very openly about being suicidal, they were like, my God, if well, this is how I'm feeling. So mm. I believe that I have helped two people mm. consider their position and not kill themselves because they were feeling suicidal 
at the time looking at me thinking my life is great and when I was suicidal I looked fantastic how everything was fine everyone thought everything was mm. great they knew I was having certain problems with a certain situation mm. but no one could have fathomed me killing myself and what stopped me was really simple it was, a, it was a very simple pure thought it was how would my niece and nephew cope now my niece and nephew I, I know I'm everything to them I don't have children of my own and I just thought I'm so close to them and I, I, I bring them so much joy and fun and we have good fun. And I was like their adult that wasn't their parents, but their adult that they could, they could to, talk yeah. to, but was fun as well, wouldn't judge them and whatever. So I thought to myself, as I was going through the process of right, this is it in the next few hours, I was thinking about, yeah, and F that person and screw them and they're gonna be sorry when I'm gone and this and then I hope that one feels. And then I thought, I came to my niece and nephew and I thought, oh no. And that's what stopped me. So I think when somebody's suicidal, when I hear that someone's committed suicide, I think it is one of the most tragic things because that means that at that moment that they decided, this is it, I'm doing it right now, this minute, mm. they couldn't think of one single person that would miss them. And that is the tragedy. Yeah. So I, I, I feel so desperately sorry for that woman because when she hung herself, apparently, so that means even when she got up onto that elevated level and put whatever ligature around her neck, she still didn't think, my mum's going to be devastated. My dad's going to be devastated. My sister's going to... And I wonder, and I, I make no, uh, cast no aspersions on them, but I wonder why she couldn't resonate with how even those important people in her life would feel about her going... Mm. So is it that she was in such despair that she couldn't uh, connect with those people? And and if she could, and then still went ahead with it, then that's when the flip side of me, far from being all very understanding, and yes, I've been in this position, so it's actually quite a selfish act. So now, because I've mm. a lot of people with mental health problems, when I hear people making multiple suicide attempts, of my often cold reaction is how either you're going to do it or you're not. Mm. Because if you're making multiple suicide attempts and they're not serious, then you, it's a cry for attention. So then there's a the mental health. And then you speak to that person, you find out what's going on with that person. But they're obviously not at that real brink of despair. To me, that's just my personal Because she was failed, wasn't she? She tried apparently to slit her wrist when the police came to pick her up. That was on the day before, wasn't when it? When she the day attacked her, her partner when he was sleeping at but allegedly, I don't know. But. Oh, when when at, for the original incident, yeah, yeah she had slit her wrist because I've got a sort of um, insider knowledge on that because my friend was actually not my friend, but someone I know very well who I'd call a good acquaintance because mm. I'm a defence lawyer. She's a prosecutor. Was actually the person tasked with prosecuting her, and I'm not going to say anything on this podcast because I know things that I probably shouldn't discuss in public. Mm. But I think Caroline Flack's lawyers have got a lot to answer for, actually, because I don't think they knew what they were doing. Mm. And um, I think if they handled the situation better, then maybe the case may, may, I don't know enough to say why they were going ahead with it, but it may have been discontinu discontinued if they had just approached the CPS in a better way rather than being arrogant and do you know who we are? We're Caroline Flack's lawyers getting paid £10,000 yeah. an hour, whatever it is. <coughs> if they'd approached it a bit better, then maybe it would have been discontinued. But just to touch on that and what a lot of people don't know, they're criticising the CPS, and I can't believe I'm about to defend the CPS because they're my natural-born enemy, my job. Um, the domestic violence policy is there for a reason. Two women a week still get killed by their partners. But one of the things that they uh, wanted to put a stop to was people using 
the criminal justice system to settle their arguments and also for people to take advantage of the criminal justice system. I'm talking primarily about women. Um, you know, me and you going at each other, you piss me, I find that you're cheating. I start slapping and attacking you. You give me one slap and ah, oh, he hit me and I'm calling the police or whatever you get prosecuted. And then I think, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. And then I want to withdraw the charges. Mm. Well, he could be a, a woman uh, abuser and beating me all the time. If they keep dropping the charges, one day he's going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be as innocent as, you know, he, he just snapped. So they have mm. to get to the bottom of it. So they don't need the victim to carry on the prosecution. Apparently, she had history of abusing her men. And therefore, when there's been several call outs in the situation, there could be the final call out where the person, the, vi the victim still doesn't, the complainant still doesn't want to press charges. But the police say, no, actually, the CPS say, no, actually, we're going to carry on with this. You called us. You made a statement at the scene. You've signed the officer's notebook. We're going to carry on prosecuting because you keep calling us and telling yeah, us that he's abusing history. you. Yeah, yeah. And what happened? You keep wanting to drop the charges. What happens when he kills you? Then there's going to be outrage. The Sun newspaper and Daily Mail will be saying, oh, there was numerous incidents and the police and CPS never prosecuted him. So that's what it's there for. But then now what's happened recently is men are more confident and so they should be about reporting women mm. hitting them. And so they should because one thing I can't stand is this whole thing about men saying, oh, I don't hit women, great. But women think they can hit men. No, you mm. can't. If you've pissed me off, I don't care. I'm not hitting you just yeah. because you're my man. Because if you hit me, if I hit you and I keep hitting, one day you might box me back. And can I can I manage that? Mm. And what do I say? Oh, I'm allowed to hit him because I'm a woman. Yeah, because I'm a woman. Yeah. You're a man. So more men are reporting domestic violence, and the domestic violence against men is extremely vicious, just as vicious, if not often, more so. And you have situations, I'm dealing with a case now where someone's been taken to the end of their tether by their partner, I won't say male or female, but um, and the person has snapped and has assaulted their partner. But you can't have one rule for women and one rule for men, yeah. so that's why yeah. they carry that on. Yeah. I was in a relationship where I was uh, hit and then I broke up. Mm, yeah, good. Because she spazzed and like... Not saying like there's bare weapons, but I just mm. that was like a sign. And then, but that was learned beha behavior. I feel from mm. watching her dad and mum. Not saying not not giving it a right, but it does happen to men. And I think in the past it used to be like, oh, what you're a man, you can't. What yeah, you're gonna yeah. let a woman yeah. hit you up and hit you up? Back. Yeah. 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 Well, not. Yeah. But oh, I mean, I would yeah, never but do that's that. What yeah, 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 yeah. Would be, wouldn't but it? Yeah. I think you know it's important that obviously people are aware of it with men and as well but um i find a lot yeah. of young girls now though are hitting their well the domestic violence has increased a lot of, amongst the yeah. uh, under 30s which is shocking because i know my generation we never put up with that it happened of course it did but i definitely know like my mum's generation it was they were used to getting a slap from their man yeah yeah i witnessed domestic violence my parents but and it was sort of everyone's parents were the dad was giving the mum a slap and then the mum would go mad and throw a Dutch pot at him. And, you know, it, it happens. But my, I know my generation, we never put up with it. But the younger generation seems to be putting up with it. And what I've noticed with young girls, they seem to think they can solve everything by giving someone a slap, particularly their boyfriend. And my um, advice to an 18-year-old recently was, what are you going to do when he hits you back? And I just felt that she was being spoiled. She didn't get her own way, so therefore I'm going to slap him. Mm -hmm. and scratch him and do all this stuff. I don't get it. I feel they're untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. just so 
what how you articulated that was amazing like genuinely um just to kind of unpick that obviously you are my big cousin and to kind of hear that you were in that position at a similar age to what caroline flack was because that would have been yeah, 40, absolutely. yeah it would have been it would have been that, that yeah, age that's as well true. and i think well 40 is a very yeah warped age for women this is when we really go mad and did you <laughs> call that a midlife crisis or something absolutely mm. midlife crisis because when you're so what we every time we're approaching the big age we start to panic so when i was 30 i um, started thinking, oh my god, I haven't got a boyfriend. When I was approaching thirty, I'm going. So I went out with a guy, and he was a great guy, and whatever. We stayed together a long time. But then when I was forty, he wasn't such a great guy. But I didn't want to leave him because I was nearly forty, and I'd never get a man again, <laughs> and I'm never going to have a baby. So you do go through a, a panic phase. So forty is a very crucial age for women. And now I'm approaching fifty. Thankfully, say? I'm um, don't care. I think I'm great. I'm not panicking. I don't have a husband. I'm not panicking. I don't have children. I'm living my life and I'm good. But 40 is a very emotional age for women. Yeah. So, yes, I'm not surprised that she was 40 when she... Mm. Because women, when they get to 40, society says we should be married and we should have a child. If we're mm. not, we're inadequate as women. <coughs> and we feel inadequate mm. as women. And if you're with a man and he hasn't married you like I was, you start questioning yourself, I'm not good enough. And you start thinking, oh, people are laughing at me. My man's not with me. I suppose in Caroline Flack's case... She was sacked from ITV. I don't care what ITV says. I've just made that up, but it's, I think it's obvious. She was sacked because presenters are ten a penny. There's for every one presenter, there's a thousand wanting to present. She's they they're ages still, mm. so she's not got her job. If she was convicted, and ITV, I'm sure took legal advice, she was going to get convicted. Mm. She had they had no choice but mm. to convict her. So she would have got convicted. They wouldn't have carried her on having a job. How can mm. you have a convicted domestic violence abuser presenting shows? A so she lost show, her yeah. job. Mm. She wouldn't have got another job. She would have fallen from grace. And then because she led her life in the spotlight, she cared about what people thought mm. about her. This is it, what people she, think, the instant gratification exactly. of social media. And then her man had left her. And then there's sort of off the record rumours that he was a serial cheater. So was he with another woman? Who knows? So I suppose on Valentine's Day, which is a real hysteria moment for women, yeah. Valentine's Day, no job. You can't be with your man. And if you're not with him, who's he with? Mm. What's going to happen to her? She just hit despair. Well, yeah, what you've articulated is just a melting pot of so many different things. So, so like Valentine's things. Day, the age, what she's kind of going through. And... The it's big hard. thing that I kind of stick on to is everyone will have their own personal melting pot. Yeah. And it's just, like you said, trying to think of who's the person who, like, I need to rely on, who's the person who would miss me or who's mm. the person who I can mm. speak to. So the big thing that we do on all of our podcasts is talk about speak to someone, have that you conversation, must. open up. It's better, to, it's better to have that conversation than to hold it in and then, f and then act. See, I never spoke to anybody. Mm. I've only in the last couple of years started talking mm. about what I went through. I just felt that if I'd killed myself, it would have had a hugely negative impact on my niece and nephew. I mean, my nephew's gone mad anyway without me. But and, that's and his own problem. That's drug-induced psychosis. Of course, yeah. Mm. But yeah, exactly. But um, I only started speaking to it recently because I think it's... I, I'm not embarrassed to speak about it because we're allowed to speak about mental health. But I've been nuts for about 10 years. I was, and I, I'm, you, you shouldn't use the word nuts. You know, it's derogatory, but mm. that's just the generation I come from. But um, I recognise what causes me to have moments of despair and emotional despair, why I had them, 
and I dealt with it and I deal with it and I'm fine, you know. And I, I recently just came off a period of not really working for two years. I was working because I've always been quite a popular lawyer. Mm. So I was doing my big cases, but I wasn't doing little stuff. And I've only just really gone back to work the last four or five months. And work's great, you know, it's picked up. I've got loads of clients, I'm making good money and blah, blah, blah. But if you if you don't have anything to live for and you don't have anything that you love and people you love and you can recognize that okay I wasn't successful then in that area of my life so for me like I always wanted to be a mother I'm not a mother but I'm a bloody brilliant auntie and actually not being a mother has actually worked out quite great because it turns out I'm really lazy <laughs> and the last thing <laughs> I wanted to do was look after children full time <laughs> so actually I always say God is not sleeping you know because I really as well have quite a strong Christian faith even though I drink smoke and swear but um and like boys oh, a lot. Sound <laughs> 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 like a typical Christian to me. <laughs> <laughs> I said God likes me and I will blush. But um, um yeah. So just like I mean, how did you get into uh becoming a becoming a solicitor and sort of your journey into law and then how that's helped you become a role model for not only your niece and nephew but for say other people in the community. So how how have you found your journey into your profession? So my journey was quite simple why I decided to become a lawyer. My mother worked in North Kensington Law Centre that used to be on Goulburn Road in Labbert Grove. She's one of, she was, um, I think she started off there as the receptionist and then they noticed the people that set it up. So it's like real old vanguard lawyers, uh, some of which are still around James Sinclair Taylor, um, Jane Hickman, people like that, real proper left-wing lawyers. They set up this uh, Law Centre Federation, Susie Parsons, you know, lots of great people. Half of them are dead now, unfortunately, but they were, they noticed the need. So before, prior to 1973, there was, you could only get a decent lawyer if you had money. And there was this whole movement of people getting into trouble with the police, getting in trouble with the law, and they couldn't afford lawyers. So the Legal Aid Act came in, I'm not sure about the dates, but I know the Legal Aid Act came in, so the government agreed to fund people's legal teams. Mm. And you could pick any lawyer you wanted, which was great. You could get the best lawyer in Britain, criminal law, defence lawyer, to represent you if they agreed to do legal aid work. So what I, what made me become a lawyer was real simple. It was just this complete admiration for my mother. It was nothing to do with TV. It was nothing to do with seeing any lawyer on the TV. I used to go to a school, St Mary's Middle Row, and I used to live in Bonchurch Road near the fire station on Labbert Grove. And I would walk, because them times you could walk home from school when you were five, six, seven Is by yourself. the bridge? Yeah, yeah uh, the hate not, me steps. Not as far up as the Red Bridge near Sainsbury's, but yeah, kind of close. Yeah, yeah carnival where the Sainsbury's is <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sort my carnival route in my where, head. Yeah, the carnival route, yeah. yeah. Well, where they have Panorama, that's we where my go, school what's was. What's the club in Ledbrook Grove, the hip-hop club back in the day? Black. Subterranean. Subterranean, yeah. not that's there. Yeah, Subterranean. Okay. Well, that used to be a skate park when I was younger. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't there. I used to go skating and they turn it into a thing and then a nightclub. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's fine, it's fine. So I used to walk home from school and on the way home, because I was an opportunist, still am, I'd pop into the law centre where my mum was because somebody would inevitably buy me a cake from the cake shop across <laughs> the road because I was greedy. So I'd pop in and see my mum. And then as I got older, I started to notice that... So my mum, I thought, was a lawyer. She was actually a really brilliant paralegal and she used to do immigration work. I always say my mum's single-handedly responsible for the Moroccan community <laughs> in Labbert Grove because she was their lawyer. Yeah, Shout she out helped. to Mumsy. Yeah, she used to help all of them with their immigration, her and a guy called Pat Chakraborty. And they used to help all of the Moroccans in particular. 
and uh, I'd be sitting at, in her little room and see people coming and bowing and, you know, I'm so grateful to her and then people crying and people upset. And, and my mum would just be talking. I'd think, wow, she's so clever. Mm. I want to be clever like my mum. What does she do? She's a lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. And that's why I wanted to be a lawyer because I wanted to help people. And then I, when I got a bit older, it was like, I want to be a lawyer because I want to be rich. And then LA Law came on. Hey, LA. <laughs> <laughs> LA Law. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, and I just wanted to be a lawyer. I went for a period where I wanted to be an archaeologist. And uh, that was it. Did you end up being rich though? No, never. But I've I've made some really good money in the I've made some very good money. Not salary, but since I went so I'm a consultant, so I've the long t official title is I'm a <coughs> freelance consultant solicitor advocate, which means I'm a I qualified as a solicitor and then in two thousand and ten I um did something. Well, actually, I'll just say I, I did the exemption route because there was you could do exams to become a barrister as well, mm. or you could do the exemption route. So I wrote to him and said, I'm such a fantastic solicitor, I can do a job just as good as a barrister. And then they gave me my rights of audience, so I wear the wig and gown. So I've been doing that since 2010 as well, but a solicitor since 2004, admitted. And then, yeah, how have you found being a barrister? Um, and how people have been towards you, sort of. In the in the workplace. Well, it's, I I'm I'm in a unique position because my mum was essentially a solicitor. She became a legal executive, actually not paralegal, and my step grandmother was a barrister, which I didn't really know until many years after. I've been around both professions. I actually prefer being a solicitor. I know that I am probably, and I say this with zero shame or modesty. I know I'm probably one of London's best criminal solicitors. I say that in front of other solicitors with no shame. Being a barrister. Right is say it with your chest saying it with my chest it's quite a big one so <laughs> <laughs> um being a barrister is great because so people will say to you oh your sister when are you going to become a barrister it's not like that and the best way to describe the difference between the two professions is this and i know you guys love your football the solicitors are the football managers the barristers are the football players okay so they've got all the glitz and the glamour and they deliver mm. the end result and the solicitor is the football manager coordinating, training it and mm. keeping everything in check. So actually, barrister, when I'm a solicitor, barristers work for me, okay? I give them a case and they don't have to do as I t say because half the time they actually know more about what's going on than I do because solicitors have multiple, multiple, multiple cases, dozens of cases at once. Mm. A barrister will have a handful of cases. Um, they can only deal with one case at a time. But for me, um, being a barrister is where you really you show off. You know, you don't send people pictures of you in your suit. You send people pictures of you in your wig and gown. Mm. So that's the difference. You know, they're the solicitor Steven Spielberg, barristers Tom Cruise. So that's but you like rolling up your sleeves and I like the grime. The defense, I like yeah. being the defence solicitor. I like my clients saying, "Oh, I can't talk to you on the phone. I've got to meet you." I love all of that. I love meeting my clients in a coffee shop with no cameras. I love that. I love going to police stations and getting the nitty gritty. I love going to the prison visits and speaking to them confidently. I love the fact that no one can force me to tell you what my client has said to me. Yeah. yeah? Unless my client gives me permission. I, I love the grime of being a solicitor. Do you find yourself watching like um, 
Line of Duty and other programs, guys. This like is not how it's done. This ain't done properly. Line of Duty is wicked. I like oh, the theme song is. A... I want to get the music on my phone. I that love is that. He's bent. I love that. <laughs> I got into that by accident. I was it's watching that. Yeah, um, I was fell asleep on the sofa one night, as you do after some wine. And uh, I just was woken, woken up by this explosion. And it was the start of series three. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah? Okay. I remember so, I was like, so I was like, what's that? And, I was, and then I saw it and I was like, it's police officers. I was, I'm watching it. I was like, no, nah, hell no. Yeah, it's good. And then I went back Go to back series. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Binge I watch. haven't watched series one, though. And I know I, that's one oh, of that's the best really, ones. Yeah, it's one of the best <laughs> ones. I can't remember yeah. his name. Yeah. Uh, the, the actor, the black guy. Yeah. He's in it. I saw him earmarked to it's watch really that but I've watched good, them yeah. all really H good. man who's H yeah. I think I know who H is everyone thinks they know H yeah, is, but yeah. we still don't know do uh, we yeah, have you watched anything? it Kyle? no there's one, oh, there's one. Oh, it is one, one of the best no, things the BBC's ever done I, I blitzed it in the middle of last year it's really good the new it's season's really coming soon I might have to add that to the watch list but mm. I don't like really watching legal programs because I get frustrated and they're so dramatic but the one that I did enjoy was Silk Silk, yeah, Silk okay. it was. And I like that because A, I like the actress Maxine P, I think that's her name. Is that her name? No, I'm no. thinking of someone that so I know. No, no, no Ali <laughs> McBeal. Maxine Pete. No Ali McBeal. I used to watch oh Ali McBeal. Gosh. I used to watch that when I was a law student, yeah. you know, showing my age, but I used they show, to watch that. Americans show it all glitz and glamour. Glitz and yeah. glamour. That's the American suits. way, I was saying. Oh, no. gosh. I like Suits. I've never watched that. Suits is advertising though. I've this? never watched no, that. This has got Meghan Markle in it, I think. No, Suits is illegal. I thought it was about advertising. No, it's not. It starts off good, but then it's just so contrived. I don't watch that. I t- I like Silk. And the reason why I like Silk, even though they did lots of stupid things in it, like this dramatic thing where she walks into the courtroom and leans and she's like, no, it wouldn't happen. The judge will say, get out. But um, I like the r- how they dis- show the relationship between the barristers, clerks, the solicitors and the barristers. I like so that one. do you think it's like quite a realistic depiction of what actually happens in the courtrooms? No, I think they call it courtroom is. drama, that whole yeah. kind of uh, genre. Very rarely is. And any law student mm. watching any of those programmes mm. think they can learn how to cross-examine off it. Actually, I think I went for a period of that. So it's there stupid. you go. It's all fake. It's, don't yeah, believe what you see on TV. No, nah, don't believe. It's not like that at all. Um, so can, can you tell us something from like your actual experience? Uh, like maybe have you got a funny story or something that you can tell us about? Oh something God. that isn't like so super legal and... and no, uh, don't do it. Don't I have got funny, funny stories, but I don't... I'll have a think. I'll come mm. back to that question. You might see one of your defendants when you've been out raving and they'll be like... I, I've got a funny story I could tell yeah. off the top of my head, but I don't know if it's a wise move to okay. say on here because it's a murder trial with oh, some yeah. yardies it. and it was funny okay. as hell. But... Um, we could do that off Yeah, yeah I we'll do, do have that a, one off I have a good one for you Because know, <laughs> the case is done now okay. Long done We've had some discussions And I remember Like One of the best chats I've had in a number of years Was when We went back from Freddie's funeral Oh yeah And I was in the car with you Yeah And we spoke about Kind of morality Yeah like How is your morality tested As a legal representative And how how Have there been any cases Where you've been like I, I, I can't touch that one Well me personally I have managed to go From 2002 to now To not deal with paedophiles Or rapists I draw the line However On Monday I represented my first Person Who had 21,000 images of little girls age five and six now I ended up with that case by mistake and it's entirely my fault why I ended up with that case um I won't go into how I ended up but I ended up with that case and I kind of almost forgot about it but um I found myself where I had to go and 
represent this person on Monday. And what I found, what I struggled with with this particular client was, I don't, I can't say this any other way. He was just a really nice man. Forgive me, but he was just, he was so polite and well-spoken and he'd had this wonderful career and he'd had this wonderful family and he was just, he was so respectful towards me and I just couldn't stand him because he was, for me, off the record, he was a, yeah. a nonce, yeah? yeah? And I, 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 when I represented him, I stuck completely to the rules and said everything I was supposed to say about the offence and why he committed it. And then I spoke very briefly about his personality. Not, not his personality. In fact, I didn't. I just was saying... In fact, no, I didn't even say anything really nice. But I just kept it very textbook. This was the offence. These are the guidelines. These were his previous convictions were the same things. And... Um, this is a sentence you should give him. And then I sat down. Because I couldn't feel... With me, I'm a very, you know, I'm quite a warm lawyer. Like, mm. you know, I, I get on with my clients. Mm. Some of them think I'm rude, but they still wouldn't have any other lawyer because mm. I tell it as it is. Yeah. So for me, morality, my morality is I don't represent paedophiles. And I don't do... And when I say I don't do rapes, I have done rapes. And coming back to what we were talking about, I suppose, with the domestic violence, girls have a nasty habit. And I have... Every time I've done these cases, I've done six, I believe, six of them. Girls have a nasty habit of flirting with you all night with flirting. I want to shag you. You want to shag me. And I know that. And I think you want to go out of me. I think you want to be my boyfriend. And I want to be your girlfriend. And tonight's the night. And you screw me, right? But the next day, you've had me. Well, I've had her now. Moving on. Right? You haven't done anything nasty. It was consensual. But I'm really pissed off that you won't ring me and you won't return my calls. And all day you've ducked me. And then I tell my mate, oh, he's taking the piss out of me and blah, blah, blah. And then I suddenly decide that actually you raped me. And I go and make an allegation of rape. He raped me. No, he never. So I, I will do those cases. But... Um, I have I can to really tell though, because the, the line between I'll tell you how I can tell because I was one of those girls once. I haven't accused anyone of rape, but I was one of those girls that nearly accused a man of rape because I was quite put out that he shagged me and pissed off and didn't want me. He didn't think I was special enough to go out with. I put out quick, and that was my problem, and I had to get over it. But if I wanted to be a bitch, I could have accused him of rape, and it probably would have ruined <coughs> his life. So where's the retribution then for girls that fabricate these stories? Very Cause little, because of, often it's mm. it's the man if, where there's smoke, there's fire. Or often it's the yeah. man that's done it. He was forcing his way. No. And you, then you, you know what guys are like. That's the line that's, that's run yeah. up all the time. So, but where's the, guys, should women be prosecuted or, you know, should yeah, they should be? Yeah, for these false allegations, because it, it could ruin your, as a man, your family life, your work, your career, and you'll be forever uh, thought of as a rapist, even though you're innocent. I think my comment there, actually, because something just popped into my mind, was quite a general comment. But. So I've mainly represented guys that I know who've been accused of this. And I think, well, I know this guy. I know mm. this guy. And I know the situation. I know what he's like with women. And they have been innocent. But there is one guy I've represented, and I do regret representing them. I did get him off. He's a very long, long, long friend of mine. And when he came to me, I believed him. And when I was doing his case, I believed him. And when I got him off, I cried with happiness because I believed him. 
full court case. But it's only over the years now, I suddenly start thinking, mm -hmm. hmm, actually, because of the arrogance in so many other areas and his value judgments and his belief that he should get what he wants. And then I started thinking back to when the victim was giving evidence and I thought, shit, maybe she was telling the truth. But So I try not to do rape cases and I try not to do um, paedophile cases, but I'm quite happy. I'm on my 33rd murder. I'm quite happy to do murder cases. M and cases. I have crazy wow. yeah. 33 murders. For you must have some minerals. I mean, <laughs> you these, got, these things you got a better you defense than Arsenal at the minute. <laughs> Pure clean sheets. And though. I've won a hell of a at lot. At the minute, it's clean yeah, sheets. Yeah, <laughs> you could be, would, you, would you ever go into sort of, if you, if and when you retire, sort of go into um, writing or... People say that to me all the time. I should write a book. I should because I had quite an interesting life. You know, I was a homeless teenager at sixteen. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so I lived in a hostel, slept in Victoria Station. Didn't reach out to Ashley's family at all because they would have put me up. They didn't straight. know what was going on. Yeah, straight. I'll say that on the record. If Auntie Ivy knew what I was going through at the time, she would have. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Learned to drive to come get me. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um, it makes your story even more remarkable. Yeah. So. so uh, Sorry, what did you ask me? Just about Just going into journalism or writing. I know, people say, Do I, sh I should write. Publishing um, something or short maybe. stories. Have you I, ever I find that quite big-headed, actually. What am I writing about? People say, oh, your life's so fascinating. I don't think my life's been any harder than anyone else. So I've done the whole homeless teenager thing, going through university, put myself up in a cleaner, picking up other women's sanitary towels. I've worked in as a waitress. I've almost been a lap dancer, a titty girl, whatever they are. I've um, nearly been raped, I've nearly been murdered, I've been kidnapped, I've had drugs in my house when I was 20, you know, I held from a drug dealer boy, you know, all sorts, I've done all sorts, I've got I've had a very, very interesting life. But all the way through that, I always kept focused. But is my life any more remarkable than other people's? Yes. I don't know if it, maybe because of who I mix with, I don't think so, because I've got some clients who've had some stuff happen to them, but so maybe I don't think that's so. That's interesting, because remember the case I went to, which was nearly two years ago now, mm. it was... That was mind-blowing. It was, wow. That's a whole off-the-record case. No, because, 100%, yeah. and we won't say a word about it. But even within that, your you, like your story and your journey is so unique. Yes, because so, so so, of what... Yes, of course, yes, we can't... Yes. That's what I'm saying. So actually... That's a book. That is actually a film. That's mm. That case for me is a film mm. because of what how it was involved personally with me. That's right, yes. yeah. So, Which but, I didn't know about until after the case. So yeah. this is why I think you do have so many stories that yeah, people yeah, would be yeah. great to share. And even what you've done Maybe. on this podcast so far has just given people just that much. Mm. Now, if we were to sit down and kind of write with you, and I think I'm maybe willing to do it as well. Yeah, I think I would Maybe. need someone to help me write it because I'm lazy as hell. Okay, let's make a deal. Let's let's, oh, it's let's exclusive let's, let's on let's the podcast. Together. That's it. Yeah, let's get together. Uh, yeah, because I wouldn't do it. I I think I'm too lazy to. We'll write. have to get it's you back truth, on the yeah. show down the line when you're rich and famous, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. we've got to take some you sort of percentage. Can we host yeah, it? Can yeah. we do the? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Someone suggested to me. I think what I might start doing pretty soon is after dinner speaking, mm. which I think would be a compromise to writing. Well, I definitely yeah. could think of places where you would be held in high esteem to give your. Mm. Um, I'm gonna charge. So <laughs> well, listen, money talks, yeah, but motivational places stuff, yeah. where you would be um, looked up, you know, you know, just welcome because of your story and also of who you are in the community and obviously yeah. everything you've, you've encountered. So that's something you could definitely. Well, can I say something about that? When you say talk about community, the other thing I want to talk about that I do is I I um, work with the Black Child Agenda. 
I'm officially one of their directors, but... What is basics. that? Can you just explain so that, The Black please? Child Agenda is a fantastic organisation run by a woman called Cheryl Phoenix, who is a woman from Halston who set up that charity about 10 years ago as a result of her son um, being essentially bullied at school by the teachers. It's the whole school-to-prison pipeline uh, problem that we have now with the pupil referral units. Because I was a teacher for six years, so I can see the pattern of, if you exclude a child, you are 99.9% .9 pushing them into a gang and criminality. I think we went to this talk where she was there in Tottenham with Daryl Blake yes. well, at the Dole Test. You don't remember me talking there as well? Was it recently? Uh, our Tottenham talk was last year, I think. Or the year was it the same I screening as the Dole Test? Thing. Was it the same screen? Oh, there was, so we, we, we had a previous well. guest, uh, Daryl Blake, who narrated uh, the short study and documentary called The Dole Test, which you may be yeah, familiar with, yeah, with the kids yeah. picking out. Absolutely. And then well, they did, a, they did a, a newer version with children from Birmingham. And yeah. then we also went to the talk and they were talking about the link with uh, young black boys in education being excluded and sent to a prus and how that mm -hmm. culminates to some of the things. But I think she might have been to that as well. So that's... Because for me as a criminal defence lawyer, yeah. the one thing that I say is a common theme amongst my young, and it's more girls now as well, is they've all been excluded from schools. And why have they been excluded from schools? Is because this country refuses to acknowledge the racism in the education system, refuses to acknowledge it. And the reason why they won't acknowledge it, they've done the police, they've done the armed forces, they don't do it in the NHS, because that's highly racist as well, the treatment of black people mm -hmm. in the NHS system as opposed to white patients. They won't do it because they don't want teachers leaving in droves. Because if they start scrutinising these teachers and their racist attitudes, um, then they're going to have a, a, a further and even deeper crisis mm. in the education system. But the bottom line is, and it comes back to what we were saying off the record as well, if you do not teach the so-called, and I say so-called indigenous, so-called indigenous white population about where they come from, why Britain is great, where we got the money from mm. to make it a great nation, industrial nation, railways, infrastructure, buildings, that's all from the back of slavery. If you don't teach people that, then they will carry on having this view that black people are inferior and white people are superior, and therefore we have everything is different. And then those people have children and those children become teachers and they go into schools and then they treat the black children appallingly. Mm -hmm. And it's everything from, yeah. And it will not stop because now we have an even bigger divide since Brexit in society where people are now very comfortable being racist. It's even more apparent. More apparent. It yeah. never went away, but now. It's in your face and it's so blatant. It's so blatant. But again, on the flip side of that, controversially, I don't think black people are helping ourselves, particularly in this current climate. Because if we know what we know about racism and know what we know about Boris Johnson being a racist pig that he is and Pretty Patel being an absolute disgusting new money amnesia coconut, yeah, and all the others of them, if we know that, okay, and we know that we're now being run by a bunch of assholes who, because they've got money, they think they're superior, and because they grew up in a certain way. If we know that, why are we then, as a community, and, it, and I say the black community, but it also encompasses the white working class community, which is a forgotten mm. Uh, mm. Well, uh, the, the biggest of number society. of underachievers are the yeah. white working well, class I boys. I called up Roaring Hackney when I was a teacher, that brief six years of teaching. I said, it's all very well us having this ethnic minority achievement grant for black children and 
taking the Turkish kids out and doing yeah, this. Yeah, but, but what about the We're forgetting about the, the little yeah. working-class white boys here. Yeah, yeah. And if we forget about them, we're going to create, and I was last was a teacher in 2001, we're going to create a, 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 under, a further underclass of white men who are angry. Mm. And they're going to look at their black friends and they're no longer going to be their friends because they're going to be angry that they got everything and they got nothing, which is... A repeat of maybe what happened in the 70s Brexit. and 80s exactly. with massive unemployment. Exactly. And then uh, resentment exactly and the white working class yeah. towards uh black and asian migrants Which who is, came yeah. and worked hard yeah. and forged a, a future for themselves and thus causing really terrible race relationships riots and whatnot and yeah. and, 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 and you know attacking people so it's so you you're working with the the scheme what was it called again sorry the, the black one? child agenda yes yeah so cheryl what she will do um she will go in so your child gets excluded for having an afro or having locks or plats sometimes plats well. or kissing their teeth because <coughs> Harry's allowed to tut but you're not allowed to Harry tutting is just him being upset you kissing your teeth he's very aggressive I don't even know of Harry anymore because boy <laughs> they're, not, they're not really feeling Harry the way well, they were innit so yeah so she'll go in and she'll challenge the schools I'm just saying it as I see it and I'm sort of like her right hand girl so if there's any hearing she can't cover, then I'll cover them for her. Not that that's happened often, but I'm, I'm sure we've we've Gally seen her at this talk. I'm yeah, she's brilliant. She's yeah. Britain's new. Maybe I shouldn't compare her to this woman who I hold in high esteem, but she's definitely Britain's Asata Shakur. And I say to her, Cheryl, you know, you got to be careful because she's powerful when she mm. speaks, and she is unapologetic. You know, sometimes a bit like, oh, don't say that you might upset them. But she doesn't care at all. Her, her last name again for anybody Phoenix, else. Phoenix, Cheryl Phoenix. Yeah, Cheryl Phoenix, yeah, the Black Child Agenda. Um, do your Google. She's actually now 200% in 200% sure she was at the mm. talk. She's currently in uh, Detroit talking to Louis Farrakhan as wow. we speak. Cool. Yeah. She's got the blackest name in the world, don't you think? Yeah, Cheryl. Cheryl Phoenix from <laughs> Boston. How could there ever be Church anyone Road, ever yeah. than a black woman? No, I've got to big up my girl because I really admire her. I don't have many people that I think, oh, yeah, they're amazing. But, yeah, she is... Definitely. Cool. Um, so speaking, going quickly, quickly jump back to kind of like law. Yeah. Obviously, you're a, like you're a woman. You're mm -hmm. a kind of Caribbean heritage and stuff mm -hmm. like that. How do you think diversity and kind of inclusion could be enhanced in the legal sector? They need to assist more black people to become lawyers because David, yeah, that's a David yeah. Lammy wrote a report um, a few years ago, about two years ago, when he talked about touched on the schools to prison pipeline and talked about the racism in the justice system and his conclusion was that we need more black lawyers and we need mm. more black judges i went to a talk he was there and there was all these eminent lawyers there courtney griffiths and judy khan great black lawyers who've been lawyers for years and years mm. and f packed audience mainly black lawyers um, and all the left-wing white ones and um I was going to ask a question and I thought, actually, no, I'm going to withdraw that question. But I should have asked it and I always regret not asking it. And what I would say is that what would improve the criminal justice system for black people is if there were more black lawyers and black judges. But that is not the case because what we have and what I'm a massive conspiracy, conspiracy theorist and I, I take my conspiracy theory about the attack on the black community back 50 years. I think they always have a 50 year program for us and I think it's going very well for them now because the whole thing about taking discipline away from parents, they knew the Caribbean community, African community very disciplined. Were, were disciplining their children yeah. through 
physical chastisement, yeah. not beating, not battering no, them, like, no, yeah. but giving hulk, them a hulk them up when they, when yeah. they needed it. Because yeah. we need it, because that's our natural thing. PTSD just bringing back some memories though. Man dropped his phone. No, I got Ashley's mum, not the one. Ooh. She's not the one. She's not having it. But it wasn't but even that. It was granddad. Grand, Listen, yeah. I remember one time granddad shouted at me. Mm. I threw up. Yeah, not the one. That's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah, threw yeah. I threw up. I mean, growing up, I heard my mates and their stories and I thought, because <laughs> I used to get slapped. <laughs> I got like hit. Oh, but, like, but Listen, my mum. No, not like that, man. No. <laughs> my mum used to hold me on one hand and whack my bum but and every word. But your mum can't do that mm. anymore. And if she didn't do that, you no, she was a social worker. She was a social worker for Hackney. But growing up, my friends, my like my black mates, and they used to say their stories beats. of getting beats. So I'm like, you're beats. My mother now would have been yeah. prosecuted hardcore. She'd be in prison for the beats. But I would never in a million years. I, I don't think it. I know I was not well, a battered or abused child. Should, should you hit I your got, child? This is another conversation. Yes, yeah, should. Absolutely. Mm. Listen, I was a teacher. And now I'm a criminal defence lawyer dealing with yeah. my youngest client at the moment is 13, rude, okay, doesn't listen, tells his mum, because he's been told by a social worker, your mum can't stop you from going out if you want to go out. Social services are dis- disgusting but you can't. This is the problem. And I think that if you can't discipline your child and the teacher can't, the, the schools can't discipline your child, the children aren't scared of anyone. Mm. And then you feed them a diet. And I think this mm. is this is what they wanted. They mm. wanted they wanted chaos. You 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 stop the parents from disciplining the child. There's no discipline in this school. Then you feed the child a diet of if your mum isn't as rich as Chris Kardashian, she's inad- inadequate. If your father isn't as rich as Bill Gates, he's inadequate. They, there's no respect for the ordinary working parent anymore. Yeah. So your child looks at you like well, why don't I live in a house like the Kardashian? Why don't I have a bling lifestyle? You're, you, I've got no respect for you as my parent because you, you haven't achieved. The parents might be fantastic, mm. but they think their parents haven't achieved because they're not rich because what they've done is they've fed children a diet of wealth. And if you're not wealthy, you're inadequate. And this is half the problem because these children think, I am a failure and my life is terrible because I don't have... Louboutin trainers yeah, it's and capitalist I don't have society. This. It's a capitalist society. So, so, do you think the solution to that problem simply comes down to, you know, social services maybe relinquishing some of the control they have in terms of discipline yeah. um, and just allowing parents to Give really parents discipline their children? Give parents back the power to raise your children. Your children are not your own. And this is what I was saying earlier. Part of me is kind of glad that I don't have children because I would be in prison because I will. Box up and drapes up my child if they spoke to me the way I see some of yeah. my clients tre- speaking to their parents. It's as simple as that. So, But then because I'm supposed to be a lawyer and I'm supposed to do this and I have to be controlled and I don't want to go to prison for my child, I'm not going to... If my child's got half my personality, it's going to be a little effer. It's as simple did, as did that. You, did, you, yeah. did you experience... It's going to be the beating. So what do I do? Now, let yeah, me ask you this, Alison. Yeah. Did you experience corporal punishment in school? Straight. In I school. Can remember, and I can still feel and hear... My cookery teacher punching me in the back because I was pissing about. I can still hear. <laughs> do you think that's? It. Do you think that's something that's that mad. that maybe we should think about bringing back? And and do, like because military you, service, you know, my you know on people that. That, that went I through that, that yeah. and you sort can see how they training. turned out. Yeah, yeah, and you're seeing the new generation. You're mums. representing people now that hmm. don't have that. You went to another. Can you can you see? Can you see the benefits of corporate I absolutely do. Look, the thing is, they they say they brought it in because to prevent children being beaten and battered by their parents. It hasn't stopped it. 
If you want to beat and batter your child because you're a sick, nasty bastard, you're going to do it. And there's no law that's going to stop you. Why do we still have murders? It's, it's against yeah. the law. It's, it's not even against the section. It's against common law. There's no mm. law for it. It's against mm. common law. You don't murder someone. So if a person is going to murder their child, they're going to murder their child. You're not supposed to sexually abuse children. People are still doing it. They're doing it in higher numbers than they've ever done. So telling a parent that you cannot discipline your child. For instance, when we talk about sexual abuse, telling a parent that you can't tell your daughter to keep her ass in and she's not going out at the age of 13, 14 to go and get felt up by the boys around the corner. It's not stopping children from being mm, sexually abused, yeah. but what it's doing, what that parent, if you give that parent power, it will stop that little girl yeah. from going out and sexualizing herself early. And I can talk again from uh, personal experience. I was quite a sexualized child. I used to, you know, I was quite obsessed with sex when I was a little girl. I couldn't wait to have sex. I couldn't wait to... I was quite randy. I was disgusting at five. I was getting the boys fill me up and all sorts. But my mum was so strict with me, mm. right? She was so, so strict with me that she prevented me from doing something stupid. Mm. She wouldn't let me go out. She knew that I was a little hot to trot girl. Do you yeah. understand? And God bless every male adult around me in my life because the amount of male adults I flung myself at at the age of 12, 13. Mm. Now, if they wanted to abuse me, they would have done. But if my mum wasn't allowed to give me a slap when she saw me coming out with it because my mum would slap me up when I'd wear a little top and think I was sexy. She, she, she called me a little whore and quite rightly so. Good for her. Thank God she did. Mm. If my mum wouldn't be allowed to do that now because I'd go to school and go, my mum called me a little whore. Yeah. They would have taken me and put me in, in care so and, then it and I wouldn't yeah. be sitting here now telling yeah. you lot what a successful lawyer I am. Yeah. So yeah. give the parents back the, the power. power. Absolutely yeah. give parents back the no, power I'm, I'm to discipline their children. Because 95% of parents, even if they're giving you a rasp lick, go and get the belt, go and get the strap, go and get the slipper, they're not battering you. I've got to be honest. I've, I've been hulked up. Not not often, but at the right time. They're going to the hit you right, in the fleshy part. It's yeah, always yeah. at the but right it's not even, time. It's, not even, it's always at the right time. I wasn't a battered child, but mom, I've got some rasp beatings when I was I wouldn't younger. even say it's about beating. Right it's just, you know when they kind of give you that talk or that look where mm. it shakes you to your core and you just remember that talk. Exactly. I, I, like, I remember when my granddad shouted at me, I must have been about 12, and he made me throw up. And I yeah, but never, no one really ever, messed with Uncle Ben really, to be honest, I, I never was ever, him for years. Yeah. I never ever went beyond that because then there was a level of fear. Yeah. And, yes. I think, and I think exactly. what's weird is exactly. the word fear is used in the wrong term. You should fear your parents. Absolutely. You should fear the backlash that mm. could come from your parents. And I think we're in a stage now where there is no fear. No like, fear. That's I fear of the police, every, no fear of society. I see every exactly. single day the students that I work with, some of them, they don't fear their parents. They don't exactly. fear the teachers. They don't fear people in authority like... Even sometimes when we go on a trip, I say to them, let everyone off first. They, they, they are really good, actually. They've got better. But that's something that I've had to put, try to instill in them. Yeah. I'm trying to correct behaviour. And that's the key thing. Your age, sorry, but mm. your age, uh, uh, your age group is the last of it now. Yeah. Do you understand? These kids you're bringing up, you're, you're mm. mentoring... How are they going to train the little ones? Because it's not, it doesn't come natural to mm. them. No, no, it's yeah, it's so your fault, yeah. you two. What are you going to do about <laughs> it? <laughs> It is hard. It is hard. And I think... It's a it starts at home. Everything 100%. starts at home. Yeah. I think our generation has seen enough of everything. We speak about this earlier on. So we've got the internet age. 
but we've got the traditional stuff where there was only five channels on TV. Yeah. Where you had to kind of create games. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like you had yeah. you had to in the summer holidays create entertainment Three for yourself. For me, BBC One, BBC like you two, said, can you go on to that point about like kind of knocking the door and even like having a conversation with your parents because that's really important. Yeah. So I think well we said it off 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 air before we started recording. So mine, yours, and Cal's generation, um, and people listening to us was of the ilk of like we had to before mobile phones and internet and whatever we had to engage with older people in order to come into contact with our friends so we had to knock the door for a friend we had to knock the door or ring the house uh, ring the house phone yeah. and ask the girl in our politest voice could we speak to so and so, please. Mark. I'd you like didn't to know talk. Who was going to answer the house? I'd like to talk to your daughter, like Mark, in a Mark, nice Mark. way. Or can a I knock on you? Who these boys Mark. knocking? A young Marsha, yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have to be a Marsha? <laughs> my preference. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a young Cheryl, wasn't it? <laughs> young Charlene or Chantel. <laughs> Everyone, me, Nikita. Anyway, we're going to end on that. The conversation is going to keep flowing once we click off. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and please share. Please tell someone we're about. We're about. We're on all platforms. Come Don't on. forget the football podcast. Yeah. Uh, podcast play on, which is on Alternative Sundays. Yeah. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And have a good day. We out. Peace.